Welcome to the Resilient Chat with Nat. I am Natasha O.M., your host for this podcast. As a female trauma survivor and holistic trauma coach, I understand a healing journey can be exhausting and lonely. I am here to guide you to release your childhood trauma and emotional wounds through mind, body, and soul connection so you can finally be free and thrive in your life. My intention is to create a ripple effect of love, growth, and consciousness. This is a space where I will be sharing with you a combination of ancient and modern wisdom to help you build resilience and move from pain to power. In this episode, we have Paula Ocello, the creator of Mindful Empowerment, a lover of all things healing, love, authenticity, freedom, and deep mind, body, and soul connection. Through her experience of reclaiming her power confidence with peace in her heart, her belief is that in order to experience deep fulfillment, purpose, and peace within ourselves and in our lives, it is important to embark on a journey of self-discovery and in that understanding that it is not about you having to become somebody new. It is about you unbecoming everything you are not. Shedding the titles, the limiting stories, paralyzing stresses, societal checklists, and fears that have kept you from living the life you truly deserve, a life that you love. She is committed to dissolving the illusions of one's conditioned mind through the experience of deeper connection to the wisdom within you, peace of heart, mind, and purpose in your daily life. As a mindfulness mentor, meditation, movement, and breathwork teacher, Paula is here to create a safe space to soften into a journey of exploring, purifying, and recreating the way you think, feel, see, and live your life. Paula is also my soul sister who I met in India on the foothills of Himalayas. So let's go ahead and welcome her. Welcome, Paula. So I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm so excited just to be able to have your wisdom being shared with all of us. So happy. I'm so happy to be on this conversation with you. And just like you said, you know, I feel like um, one of the biggest things that we really got to connect with was in, in sharing that wisdom with one another and just really knowing um, how much in alignment our passions and our values and, and even just the things that we've been through, even though that bit, they've been in, you know, parallel, um, universes and different parts of the world. Um, when we share those wisdoms, we can really get to see like how not alone we are in, in so much of it, even if it looks a little bit different. So happy to be here. Yes, exactly. So we would love to get to know you a bit more, of course. Please have share with us, what is your resilient story? As in like, what led you to where you are now? <laughs> what is my resilient story? Okay, I love that. It's like right off the bat. All right. How'd you get here? What'd you do? What happened? Um, and you know, there's, there's, definitely, there's definitely so many ways that... Um, that I can really go into this, you know, and, and I think to, to really kind of keep it a little bit simplified, but still give, you know, give you guys, um, enough detail was that definitely reaching a certain point of my life. And I know that, you know, so many, so many of us and so many people can relate to that. And it's that part of during, you know, during my childhood, during my teenage years, there were so many things that happened to me that I never allowed 
myself to feel, never allowed myself to cry about, never allowed myself to grieve. And I got to 24, 25 years old doing completely everything that I had to do. I was like, okay, like I'm going to, I got the business degree. I got the husband. I got the whole thing. I, I did it all. I did everything that um, my parents wanted me to do. I did everything that society really asked of me um, and reached and achieved all the things that I thought I needed to do. And still um, experienced just one day. And I, I clearly, I clearly remember I was um, in the living room with my now ex-husband, my ex-partner. Um, I still have a little bit around like saying ex, you know, um, but because I really honor who he, um, who he is in my life. So we were in the living room and I remember him telling me um, that he was going to go play cards with his friend. And I, I just wasn't having it. I wasn't having it. Like there was just so much turmoil that was happening within me. Like you just want to spend time like with your friends, like you have so much limited free time and you don't want to spend it with me and making so much of that personal, making so much of that mean that I was being abandoned, that I wasn't lovable, that I wasn't enough. And in that moment, of course, I didn't have this wisdom, but in that moment, I just felt entirely rejected. And I just remember him telling me, like, me going and doing this doesn't mean that I don't love you. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, it does. You know, he went on and then I was just there. I, I was there. I was in my room on the floor in front of the mirror, just bawling my eyes out and just thinking, like, why is it that after so long, that after I did A, B, and C and did absolutely everything, like, why do I still feel like the 50-year-old, 50-year-old girl, 15-year-old girl, like 15-year-old <laughs> girl who no longer wanted to live? Like, why do I still feel like the 15-year-old girl that wants to hurt herself? Why do I still feel like the 15-year-old girl who's rejected and who wasn't lovable? Like, I did everything. What's happening? I did it all. Like, why don't I, why don't I feel fulfilled? And there was in that moment, I remember, like, I just, I felt so much pain inside that I, I, I wanted it all to just go away. And I didn't know how, but to dive into self-harm, to dive into like sabotaging and going into just like all the negative thoughts that have always been present in my mind right and and through that time in my life i was like heavily you know like abusing cannabis i was heavily abusing wine i was heavily abusing netflix heavily abusing <laughs> food you know all of these things to just not feel the rejection that i've been carrying since i was a little yes. girl yes and so all of those things, then one of my biggest and greatest passions in my life had always been martial arts. It had always been the only way that I felt empowered when I felt confident, when I felt like I was just like a complete badass. And the second that I got married, I let go of that completely. Hmm. And so after, after going through that, after going through that phase, I just remember like, okay, okay, Paula, like, you're not going to like, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. There's something, there's something more for you. Like, I just remember like looking in the mirror, like this can't be it. This can't be it. And I, I wish that people could see me like with my hand gestures, like ah, <laughs> can't be it. 
and and it isn't and we all reach that point so often where we're like oh my god it, it really feels like our entire world is just like shattered like hmm. earth shattering but we're like okay like there's just that tiny little voice inside of us that says no there's got to be something else there's got to be something else yes. and i'm after that, I remember I went to a personal development um, seminar, which was amazing. I was just like, look, I know I got shit. Tell me what it is. Like, take my money, you know, and doing all of that. So, and one of the things, I got so much things out of that, but one of the things I asked, they were like, when do you feel like you're in your power? When do you feel like you're in your power? And I mean, nobody had ever asked me that. I had never been presented with that question. Like, I wouldn't even think about that, you know? Hmm. And that's when I was like, martial arts. Like, when I'm training, when I'm kicking, when I'm punching, when I'm doing my forms, when I'm doing all of that, when I'm just like completely embodied. And the thing that I just remembered in that moment is that this isn't exactly like how we came through, you know? But it's just like, whenever we're doing those types of movement, like in martial arts, it's it like it entirely demands like radical presence yes. you can't you can't be somewhere else and you know jump spin and kick at the same time <laughs> you know, you've got to be you've got to be fully present and yes. um and then of course of course right then like i i got that wisdom and then all the other things oh but you don't have it at school and you don't know a gym and blah 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 and all these things and there was um, an incredible, incredible man. And he was in that seminar with me and he was like, well, um, is there like a park by your house? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, there is a park by my house. <laughs> and literally, you know, this was like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday seminar on Monday. I went to the park after work and I just started kicking just started kicking. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do the basic stuff. I'm going to do one, two, one, two, step, one, two, step, kick, you know? And then like two hours went by and I'm just like dripping in sweat. And I was finally like, oh my God, I was so blissed out and being finally back in that connection with my body. Finally, my yes. soul. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Damn, that's beautiful bro. that's beautiful so yeah that's that was, really beautiful that was the culmination which is the arrival to the beginning of it all so would you say that was like your breakthrough mo moment because you you've done martial arts since you were a little kid right since how old yeah. did you do martial arts since I was four years old and it's our, my, my dad is my master. You know, my dad is my master. Both of my brothers have their own That's karate. So, nice. so it was, it was all that I knew. It was all that I knew for connecting to my body since, since I was a little girl. I took my first steps like on the map. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice to be able to grow up with such a powerful tool and I'd, um, I would love to hear from your side, you know, since you started at a very young age, I'm sure the intention when you started, it was different. You know, as a four-year-old, you didn't really know how life was going to be, right? You didn't know that you're going to use this tool as a, as, as a way to release your emotions and feel your emotions. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, entirely. And and you know, and one of the and one of the things um, around it was because because I grew up doing it because it was. And, you know, and, and I think this happens to, I think this happens to a lot of us. Like, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. There's like something that our parents like have us do at one point of our life where we're like, I don't want to do this. I want to be, I want to be a dancer. That's what I really wanted to do. I really <laughs> wanted to dance, you know, yes. and you know, Natasha, I love dancing, <laughs> you know, so that's really what I wanted to do. And I just completely disregarded like then such a valuable such valuable lessons and such valuable wisdom that comes from martial arts Mm -hmm. you know because it was something that not only that I now I don't only use it to release emotions but I it's a way for me to like embody myself to embody my power and to also embody grace because so much of it it's not just ah right? Like it also comes with so much control of ourselves, so much control of what it is that we're doing, because we have to know that something is coming out and, and a great, like a great way to explain it is like any punch, any kick, any form, any technique that you do, it's going to land somewhere. So it's really bringing in like, not just the intention into like the whole practice, but you get to bring intention into every single technique that you do through it. And of course, when I was little, like I, I wanted to be a girly girl. I wanted to dance. I wanted to go and, and do gymnastics. And, I, and, you know, so I didn't really value it as much then, but now like once I got, once I was able to get reconnected to it, it, it became just a whole nother thing because also it was so easy for me. It was so easy for me that it wasn't, it wasn't an, a spiritual and emotional journey when I, when I was in, you know, doing the things because I was like, Oh, kick, there you go. Another kick, you know, it was so easy. It's physically easy for me in a way that I, it wasn't, I wasn't so present. So after taking, taking a few years off, taking a few years off from training, um, and then getting back to it, it brought back so much more presence into what it is that I was doing. And just really realizing that, um, you know, cause I have this thing too, right. I'm like, Oh, I have to be angry and I have to be like forceful and, uh, and have to be in my masculine energy in order to fully do this. And I remember I had a student and she was like, I'm not, I'm not angry enough to do martial arts. Hmm. And then it took me back. I'm like, okay, like I need to really revisit this in a way. Right. Cause I love that reflection. And the thing is that through martial arts, we're able to just navigate, release so many emotions in a way that is not in harm to us or in other people. It's like martial arts is not this, it's not MMA. It's not what you see like in, in UFC, like martial arts is, it's a truly sacred practice with the intention and that is that you bring to it. So absolutely. Like I went from like, ah, annoying like I want to do this to being able to be like oh my god this is everything and and seeing how much of the disciplines of it like I've carried um into my life like if there's one thing that I, I truly appreciate so much of it is that it's made me an incredible devoted student and and for that I can I mean I will always be grateful for that yeah let's do it All right. So 
you mentioned how it has really shown grace, right? And that, I think that's how martial arts is to me as well. You know, I've always seen martial arts as a practice of discipline, as you said, as a sacred practice. But I have also heard from so many people, they're like, I don't want to be violent or martial arts is too violent. But I truly believe like it's not about, as you said, it's not about getting angry. It's about like the discipline and just like learning that. I mean, I think you can explain this better than, than I can because, you know, you definitely have more experience in this. So what is really your opinion if you can talk a bit more about this? Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think, I mean, there's, there's definitely so many different little aspects that can go into that. And, and I think one of them is definitely um, the, our teacher, right? Like how it is that we get introduced and initiated into the practice, yes. because there are, there are definitely so many, um, you know, like I'll, I'll put in like a common example on here, like Karate Kid. Right. Like everybody has this, you know, the majority of people have watched this movie Karate Kid and they see like, you know, the Mr. Miyagi side and then there's Cobra Kai. Right. Then there's Cobra Kai. That's like, let's fight. No mercy. All this stuff. And then so there's definitely that just like as there is the same thing with yoga. You know what I mean? There's going to be a specific type of yoga. (laughs) As we both would know. (laughs) Right. You know, and then there's going to be a different, you know, a different aspect of it, a different way of being, of of it being taught. So I just want to share with everybody just before even diving into it to just really see like, and be open, be open and, and really diving in and um, uh, researching, you know, like where it is that you're really gaining this wisdom from. Is it because you saw a movie? Is it because of Karate Kid? And because you saw like how Cobra Kai was like, had this whole no mercy idea about <laughs> it, which is really focusing on if, if you do desire to go into martial arts, because it is such a sacred practice to really find and research and be um do the due diligence and just finding a a space that is traditional and that it's not so competition based because that's also one thing right there's so many competitions that have been created for martial arts so for people and i i believe um and i don't want to just throw it out there like this is what it is but it's you know uh, um a way to compete, right? Like what school is better? Who is better? Who is stronger? And, and that has kind of diluted the, the sacredness of the martial arts practice and it's like true origin, right? Because I mean, back in the day, the yogis on one side were doing yoga and then on the other side of the Himalayas, we have samurais practicing martial arts. Mm. So it was something that was very similar, right? It's just looked differently. So and now as we like in the time now it's martial arts has been something that um has been misconstrued which is why you know i initiated with the creation of mindful martial arts and incorporating meditation incorporating breath work and incorporating flows that are not so based on anger on hurting another person but just simply in a way to move the energies that are within us but also feeling like super empowered in it so i really, really just sharing it, sharing with you guys that if, if the thought in your mind, if the thought in your mind of martial arts is that it's that you're going to be violent, that you're, you have to be angry, that all of this stuff, just really like check in with yourself. Like, where is that coming from? 
Like, where is that yes. idea coming from? You know, maybe you had an experience when you were little. I feel like everybody, there's like at least like one out of five people, like, no, like three out of five people that are like, yeah, I did martial arts when I was little, you know, and then it was time for you to fight. And then Johnny hit you in the face and that's it. <laughs> and you needed to release also. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and it, and it also comes into like, it's not about martial arts. It's your relationship to martial arts. If you're exactly. already thinking like, okay, like I need to release some anger and all this stuff. And that's the relationship that you're going to create with it. And it can definitely help you in releasing anger. And it can also help you in just validating anger within your being. And the thing is that it's not about having to be angry, but if we have anger within us, then we can definitely place that feeling and place that energy into the practice in a way that it gets expressed yeah. in anger. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so then what, what would you so then what would you say to someone that is that has no experience in martial arts first and then they are going through or have gone through a lot of um emotional pain emotional trauma and what would you say to them regarding um trying out martial arts as one of the tools um I would definitely, I would definitely encourage it. I would definitely encourage it. And, and again, just really emphasizing that if you have, you know, if you have experienced trauma, you know, like I, I have myself and that is something that I truly, um, that I truly utilize as one of my tools. And so just really, really be diligent with who it is that you choose to learn from and where it is that you choose to go to yeah. um, so that you can be honored in that space, you know, that you're not being asked to be angry. You're not being asked to compete and that you're really being honored in like, in what it is that is present. And that doesn't mean that you have to go and tell your teacher what has happened to you. Mm -hmm. yeah, it just means that it just means that you can step into a dojo. You can step into a space and just ask yourself, like, do you feel safe? And just allow yourself to know that you are safe in every movement. You are safe through every technique. And just creating that connection with yourself. Every exhale, every, every punch, every block, every kick. And just allowing for that to be like an intentional and conscious release. So it really comes from allow yourself to first feel safe in the place that you're going to be practicing in or who it is that you're going to be learning from and two it's just bringing a very conscious intention to every single one of your practice where you know like hey this practice like my intention is to release this and if I be if at some point I feel like crying then that's okay because it's just like you know it's just like with breath work and with yoga there's sometimes you know even massages mm. right like <laughs> something <laughs> you're like okay I have some stuff I have some stagnant energy. I have some memories that are still like being held up in my body. And we do these intentional movements. It gets released. And then we're like, oh my God, what happened? You know, it's completely okay. Because that was your intention. Your intention was to heal. Your intention was to feel. Your intention was to feel empowered. And sometimes, you know, like when we go through these traumas in our lives, they get the memories get stuck in our bodies. So yeah. whenever we step into these types of sacred practices, there are going to come up to be released. So luckily, 
we get, we, we have so many different, so many different ways of releasing through martial arts. You know, there's, there's katas, right? And katas are like beautiful flows, beautiful, beautiful flows where there's, it's a combination of kicking of blocks and so many different things, right? That you create this beautiful dance, this beautiful mm. intentional dance. So I do dance. Now I realize like, <laughs> I'm still a dancer. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like differently. But um, just in the, you know, in the concept of uh, like, you know, people that have gone through trauma and wanting to utilize martial arts as one of the tools, just make sure that you feel safe with a place and with a teacher and two that you just create like conscious intentions every single time that you go into a practice and to allow yourself to feel your power. Like that is so much, that must, that, that, that's a really, really big part of it because through it, like guaranteed, you're going to feel like a freaking badass, yes. like doing it, you know, and believing in yourself, believing in yourself every single moment. And that goes, you know, like I, I was really able to learn that through yoga. When I started, like yoga helped me understand martial arts in a much, much deeper way. So I completely encourage anybody to take this on in a tool, even if you haven't experienced trauma, even if you're just like experiencing a lot of stress in your life, you know, mm -hmm. choose the practice and then choose the practice even when you're out and off the mat. Yes. And I think, you know, what you said about us being badasses, <laughs> I think we all, all of us are truly badass, badasses. <laughs> and, but yeah. it's just about tapping into that energy. But because of someone who has gone through trauma, which is mm -hmm. actually, I could say all of us has experienced trauma to some degree. Mm -hmm. They tend to forget this, this badass energy that they actually have within them because of that trauma. It creates um, layers of fears and feelings of, of unworthy. I mean, have you ever questioned your worthiness? I think we all have, right? <laughs> this week? <laughs> this morning? Last second? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I mean, entirely. And, and you know, the, the second that, um, when, once I started, once I started training again, once I started training again, my, my dad um, was like, hey, you know, I know you're training again. So, um, I want to propose to you the opportunity to test for your third degree. In order to test for your third degree, you'll need to know and and these are all the things. I'll write them down for you. Practice it and I'll meet you in Guatemala for your test. Wow. And um, and I was super excited. I was super excited. And then, so I'm like finding myself like my, the part was my dojo. I didn't have a dojo to go to, um, you know, because it's just like different practices and, and where, where I was living, there wasn't any specific place that, um, that honored the way that I, that I've learned, um, the martial arts. So, um, I was, as I trained, you know, and I was completely training on my own and I'm just like, oh man, like, I, I really don't think, I really don't think that I like 
that I deserve this, you know, like there's all of these people that are like training at the karate school and all this stuff. And like, who am I like to just come in just because I started training again? Like now I get offered this opportunity to, to take the test. Right. And that was just the way that I looked then. And, and it was such a journey for me. It was such a journey for me to like honor myself and know my worthiness and just know that I, this wasn't, here's a, here's a little golden thing that came to me and it's like, okay, Paola, you don't have to prove your dad that you're worthy of this, you know, because I grew up like thinking that, you know, my brothers were so much better than me and, um, I was just in their shadow. So once I like said like, Hey Paula, like you don't have to prove to your dad that you're worthy of this. You just get to show up in your worthiness of it. Why? because you've trained your entire life. Why? Because you're devoted. Why? Because you actually have gotten to a space in your life where you know and you value and you completely honor the sacredness of this practice. Yeah. And I think that applies for everything. You know, you have no one else to, to kind of prove yourself to because, mm-hmm. you know, your biggest competition is actually yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and the unworthiness, you know, the unworthiness uh, part of it, I mean, it's still until we, the more, of course, the more and more that we embody our truth, the more and more that we embody and own our power, the less, the less that we allow for that unworthiness to take its course. And my experience has been that, you know, even though that I, you know, that I'm a mentor for women and I'm all about empowerment, I'm all about embodiment, I'm all about doing the damn thing and knowing your worth. I'm all about that. There's still times where I'm like, oh my God, even in my relationship now, in my relationship Mm -hmm. now, like, am I worthy of this like incredible magical being, like (laughs) being in my life and loving me? You know, so I still experience that, but in the, like in those moments, I choose my worth and I just remember, I choose my truth. Okay, Paola, that's just the ego coming in, trying to scare you because you're growing, because you're expanding. So it, in my experiences that there, there might be some times it's just, the thing is that embodiment and worthiness, like it's not this thing where like one day you're going to have this breakthrough and then you're forever going to know your worth. You get to practice and honor your exactly. worth continuously. Exactly. Is it, It's that consistent and constant practice because things will show up. New people will come up and they will make you feel, they will test if you are still, you know, worthy kind of thing. You make, make you question you're worthy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, choosing your truth and remembering. That's why I think the, the importance of getting to know oneself, that work of getting to know oneself is so, so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important because if we don't, if, if we don't get connected to our truth and we're not like deeply connected to our worth, right? If we haven't yet experienced it, that's why it's so important to do practices that are physical. It's so important to do mm. practices that are physical because somebody can be like, like Natasha, right? Like she can come to me like, Paula, you're so worthy. You're magical. <laughs> you're so powerful. And I can just be like, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) thanks, but but I still feel like crap. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. But whenever we do these physical practices that are literally made for embodiment, like Mm. yoga, breath work, martial arts, you know, dancing, all of these things, like once you're able to feel it in your body, exactly then it's just like, then that's a whole, you just opened up a whole like gate of possibilities of like, oh, like peace. Oh, I've actually felt peace when I was meditating. Powerful. Oh, you know what? That one time when I broke the board, I felt so powerful. Confident. Oh, I remember that one time when I was dancing and moving and I felt so good. So you get to add the mind, the body, and the soul all together. You know, it's so important to incorporate practices that actually allow you to feel. Exactly. And I love that you mentioned that, you brought that up because, you know, a lot of people, we forget about this because they think like, well, it's okay. I I exercise, I go to the gym and um, that's my way to, to release. I mean, it can be, but it will sometimes going to the gym is is not enough because you know it's very um it's very routine especially if you're just on the treadmill like <laughs> running mm-hmm. and um I was actually talking about this the other day maybe you saw on my story like um the trauma is actually also physiological not just psychological and that's mm-hmm. where most people forget because they think that, oh, I've had this um, happen to me, so I just need to go to talk therapy. I mean, I, I did talk therapy mm-hmm. um, when I you know, was going through my own trauma. And yes, it helped somewhat, but not as impactful when I started to do all of this body work, like you said, like breath work, movement, all of these things, which which really, really helped. And that's what we really need to take into account of. So mm-hmm. now I want, I want to ask you, um, since you are doing mindful martial arts, right? And would you say, though, that martial arts um, from the beginning, that it has meant to be mindful? But perhaps yeah. people have stepped away from that. Yes. And, and I mean, I know that... Um there's definitely, you know, like in, in, in some parts, in some parts of Asia, martial arts was created in order to, it was a practice. It was a practice for the samurais to, for protection, you mm-hmm. know, for, yes, for embodiment and yes, for the peace and yes, for, you know, like the, the practice of it, the sacred practice of it, but it was also made for protection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for when, because the thing is that they, they weren't allowed to have weapons, they weren't allowed to have weapons. So they were like, all right, well, let's just use our bodies. Let's use our hands. Let's create sticks so that we can actually <laughs> protect ourselves whenever we get attacked. So it was definitely created, you know, a mindful practice. Um, and the, mm-hmm. in, in the mindful practice, it also allowed for people to feel strong enough and empowered enough to protect themselves. So it's still even in that protection, even in that like in couture, I'm doing the little bunnies with my fingers right now. Air quotes. Air quotes. quotes. I'm like little bunnies. I don't know if some people know little bunnies. (laughs) (laughs) Always a mindful practice. Always a mindful practice because if people came from anger, then they were going to like destroy themselves before anybody else tried to come and invade the cities invade mm. their temples. Mm. 
So it was about them unifying in that mindfulness, unifying in that sacred practice and coming together in that and empowered in that so that they can protect themselves and be safe. So always bringing that, you know, even just for people that are, you know, like have experienced trauma and, you know, you know, stepping into martial arts, it is a mindful practice and you will feel safe enough in your body in order to block off any, any negative energy, any negative things are coming your way. And one thing, one thing that I want to, um, um, that I want to add to that is just that, um, in self-defense, you know, self-defense is a, a big aspect of it that people like go into, um, oh, I want to know martial arts because I want to like know how to defend myself. Right. And, um, Mm. which is great, which is great. But one thing that I want to speak to on that just really quickly is that, um, none of that, none of that is going to help if we don't trust ourselves, if we don't trust our power. I love that. Can you repeat that again? (laughs) Because I love that. And that's like, just so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can go to, we can go to a self-defense workshop. And we can learn all of the blocks and all of the techniques. But if in the moment where we are faced with a difficult situation and we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust our power, we don't trust our intuition to tell us, hey, like go for this, go for that, like go under here and go under that. If we don't trust ourselves, we can do all of the self-defense that we need, but it's not going to do anything until we actually trust ourselves and trust our power. And that is why it is when you do the sacred practices, when you do the self-defense workshops and seminars and programs and courses and all of those things, it is so important for you to not only do it, but to only trust and know that you are powerful, know that you can trust yourself, that you can trust your intuition and to know that you are safe in your body to take the steps forward and defend yourself. Yeah. And I think saying it is easier than done, right? Yes, I yeah. trust myself. I trust myself. <laughs> <laughs> like you can say it a hundred times and it, you still won't be able to trust yourself. So what do you think people can do to trust themselves? Are there some things that you would recommend? Um, consistent practice definitely a consistent practice. So just like, just how we were talking is just with worthiness, with trust, with embodiment, with love for ourselves, all of those things is that we get to practice because the more and more that you actually practice trusting yourself. So for example, like you're like, Oh, okay. Like I, I knew, I knew that like something in me told me to take a right. And I took the right. And I remember that that was actually beneficial for me. So the more and more that you actually step into your intuition and do what you like, trust yourself in those things, like trust yourself. Like, for example, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do like a 90 minute yoga class. I don't know if I can do that. Do it and try it. And then so that way you like you've activated that in your system, in your in your body, your body memory, your mind memory, your soul memory. That's like, you know what? I did it that one time. And then more and more that you do it, it's just less and less of a question whether you can do it or not. Like at one point, I didn't think I could sit there and do like a set of Kriya for of Kriyas for 15 minutes, for, let alone 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, but then I did it. 
And then I did it over and over and over again. So now it's like, hey, you know, yeah, you're used to practice. it. Yeah, I'm used to it. I know mm-hmm. it. So, so yeah. much of the trust in ourselves comes from just consistently practicing, choosing, trusting ourselves. Yeah. But first, it's about breaking that that first wall, right? To be able to like, okay, I did it. Now I can do it. I remember the first time um, I did paragliding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually gave it as a gift for my husband. But um, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be nice. It looks nice. We're going to see beautiful landscapes and stuff. <laughs> and then right <laughs> when we were on the edge of the hill because you literally have to run off like jump off the hill mm-hmm. my legs were shaking like panic attacks all of these things and I was like oh my god I cannot do it I cannot do it, I cannot do it. and <laughs> and then um I saw my husband who and he is the one that's actually afraid of heights he's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> get mad at me for saying this <laughs> but um so he did it he actually did it first and then mm-hmm. um because you have to go with the guy, obviously, like the expert. So mm-hmm. the guy was like pushing me when he when I saw my husband went, and then mm-hmm. I just did it. And but once I was on the air, I was like, "Wow, this is nice." And then now mm-hmm. I want to go back and do it again. I swear. Yeah. But yeah, it's about breaking that that first wall. And as you said, like consistent practice like now probably if I do it um 10 more times I'd be like oh whatever next time I'm gonna fly alone maybe (laughs) after like 10 hundred times (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and I had um um just a quick a quick example for that too is that um I did an empowerment workshop for for women and I remember I brought in boards and in my in my mind I was like okay these women are gonna be like who does she think she is bringing in boards (laughs) like we've never done martial arts before but I'm like these women are gonna break some boards today Mm, yeah you know and I had the boards and I'm like okay like obviously like I I worked them up to it you know I, I, I wasn't just like all right come and break it you know I gave them some tools towards it and I'm like okay who wants to come up first crickets nobody raises their hands. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start calling everybody up one by one. Every single one of them in that room, like they shared at the end, they were like, I can't, no, like, no way, no way I'm going to break a board. No way I'm going to break a board. And I'm like, the thing is like, don't think about hitting the board. You got to think about breaking through the board. Mm. Like the aim is not the board. The aim is the floor under it. Yes, 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 yes. You know? And so once they were all like, you know, they were tears, there was cheering, celebrations, clapping, and all these things because I like all the 20 women broke the board. Had they, they done all martial did arts it. before? Okay. They all did it. Had awesome. never done martial arts before. So it's about that just like you shared. It's just like being able to just break through and mm. knowing, oh, I did it. Okay, now you can't look back. Yeah. And on here and on experience, you breaking the board, you can't look back and experience you like paragliding down, you know, like <laughs> your body and your mind knows, no girl, you've yeah. done it before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you've even make a mistake, then so what? Let yourself make a mistake, right? Being mm-hmm. compassionate with yourself and be like, okay, I made a mistake. I've learned from it. So now the next time, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I need to do. 
but also I think it takes um, recognizing the fear first like before trusting yourself I recognize like these are my fears these are the things that I am uncomfortable with but where are these fears really coming from what's really Mm -hmm. underneath that fears right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Because those, that that's that's usually what um what stops us. Yes. That's usually what stops us in the first place. So I, I yes. love that you mentioned that. Um, you know, definitely identifying identifying the fear and just saying, yeah. like, look, I get it, I know you're scared, but yeah. I'm gonna break this board. <laughs> yes. Yeah, fear has been the block for so many people. And it really stops our growth. I know a lot of people that they're afraid to even go out of the their town, you know, to live mm-hmm. in another place when they have job opportunities somewhere else and stuff like that. And and it really stops your growth and also stops your your abundance because you have mm-hmm. all these opportunities op- opening up for you, calling you, and you're like mm-hmm. you choose fear instead of this opportunity to really grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So one last question, what, because I know that you are helping people move from mindful to mindful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so what is, what this mindful living means for you? Mindful, mindful living for me, I love this question. Thank you for asking me this question. Um, (laughs) Mindful living to me uh, really represents a life of intention and radical presence. And what that, you know, what that means (laughs) is that um, we're really walking through every single day in the present moment. And to be radically present, it means that right now in this moment, I'm here and having this conversation with you and sharing this wisdom with you and everybody listening. And that is what is true. So if my mind were to be full and I wasn't to be mindful, then I'd be here and I wouldn't be radically present and I'd be thinking about all the things that I need to do and I'd be thinking that I'm unworthy. Like, what am I even saying? Like, I'm not like, I don't have anything to share with this person. And whenever we're living mindfully, we're really embodying ourselves as a connection and a source of everything that is in our lives. Right. So if I'm coming over here and I'm showing up in a way unmindfully, unmindfully, just projecting anger and projecting unworthiness and projecting unpeacefulness to you, then that's what's going to show up. So when we live mindfully, we're being conscious of how it is that we show up for ourselves and other people. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I'm over Mm -hmm. here and I'm like, oh, like, you know, like, this is just a really bad, like, thing, because, like, I didn't have, like, the, the audio and the thing, blah, 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 and she's blaming everything, right? Yeah. No. When we're mindful, we're like, oh, okay, like, I'm here. I'm present. What do I need to do? This is cool. Okay, cool. We'll just adjust a little bit, and then we'll be present. And that takes some work. That takes yeah. some work, because that takes for us to yeah. really dissolve all of the things that we're carrying with us that we're carrying in our minds that we're carrying with us and that are actually playing a much more like a much bigger game than we think 
right? And I know, like Natasha, I know that like you're you're such an expert on that. And then it's just like we literally carry our traumas with us every single day, with every single conversation, yeah. every single action that that we carry out. So yeah. in mindful living, in mindful living, that doesn't mean that you don't have traumas. That doesn't mean that you're not stressed out. That doesn't mean that shit doesn't hit the fan in your life. Sorry, I'm like dropping some, some bombs. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. <laughs> we you know it doesn't don't, mean... don't repeat them to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Do not say these at home. <laughs> um, and you know that doesn't mean that that we don't experience these challenges in our lives it just means that we are radically responsible for how it is that we choose to respond to them and we are responding in a way that is not harmful we are responding in a way that is not blaming others in our environment because we know i as a mindful person as a mindful mentor know that i am the source of my reality Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So we got like our mind filled with all of these belief systems that are telling us you're unworthy, you're this and you're that and blah, 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 blah. It's okay. It's okay. But how are you going to express that? How are you going to live that? It's so important to, to do that work for ourselves, to do the work of dissolving those belief systems of just like really allowing yourself to feel and to heal to embody, to transform, and to release those fears and practice continuously the choosing of ourselves, the choosing of our worth, the choosing of our power, because we are all so worthy of a mindful life. We are worthy of like experiencing something and not completely reacting, right? Like we are worthy of somebody coming, giving us a little bit of a trigger, Mm -hmm. And then for us to know how to manage that, for us to know that it is not personal. Exactly. And I mean, that's the reason why we do this practice. I mean, you know, yes, we, you and I, we're both teaching these different practices to people, but we also do them ourselves. You know, I've, I've had um, this question asked to me once, like, oh, um, you're, you're helping people, but you also get stressed. And I'm like, of course they get stressed. I'm a human being. That's why I meditate. Why do you think I meditate? <laughs> why do you think I meditate? You know, why do you meditate? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's just, you know, that, that you know, we, we can have a whole nother conversation on, on that, but exactly. it's just, it really comes with like, look, we are all human. We're all mm-hmm. human. And, and, you know, some of us, some people have, been able to tap into and learn and master certain practices, right? And we get to share them and nobody is perfect. And whenever we actually, the more that we share, Hey, you know what? Like I also get stressed and that's okay because we don't want to create this world where we think that, Oh, because you're teaching me this, that means that you are perfect because nobody's perfect. Uh, And we don't want to create shame around feeling a little bit stressed no feeling stressed and feeling upset it's completely normal it's just how it is that you choose to transmute that into your life and into the words that you speak yes yes i love that write those down guys (laughs) 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 so are there any before we finish are there any last advice that you would like to give to our resilient listeners oh I have tongue-tied there (laughs) (laughs) 
to the resilient listeners. Yes, um, that's pretty tongue-tied, right? Resilient, resilient listeners. listeners. <laughs> resilient listeners. I'm going to try and say that like five times. So. Um, that's, a little, that's a little challenge there. So, but um, when it comes to, to sharing, sharing another advice and um, just to keep it in this context, like I would just love to um, keep it simple and um just kind of like reinstate the things that we talked about so my advice for you to embody your resilience right because you don't have to find this resilience you just get to tap into it and that means that whenever you're feeling whenever you're in those moments whenever you're in those moments of like okay like i'm feeling completely capped out i'm feeling completely depleted I'm feeling like I can't do anything else and I want something better. I know that I can feel better. Trust that you can. If, this, if these feelings are coming up for you, it's because they're true for you. The opportunities that are coming to you is because you are worthy of them and they are worthy of you. Mm-hmm. And just really trusting, trusting the worthiness of yourself. Because these, these feelings that arise from you, like that, that little feeling that I had where I, I, I mean, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. Mm. But a part of me said, no, there's something else. And I trusted that. So here I am now. I'm so grateful that that didn't happen. I'm so grateful. So trust yourself. I, right? So right? grateful because we met. If you're not here anymore, we're like, oh. I don't know what would happen with my life. I'm just kidding. Yeah. You know, so just really guys, you know, to all of you guys listening, resilience, like what does resilience mean to you? And just know, know that the voice inside of you that's telling you, hey, there's more. Hey, there's this. Hey, you know, you want to dance. You know, you want to go do this. You know, you want to sing your song. Allow yourself to do it. Know that you're safe. Or if you feel like you're not safe, find a place, find a person, find a mentor, find a friend that creates a safe space for you to begin to step forward into your power. It is so, so, so important. And so I kind of got a little sidetracked with that advice, but get you some support mm-hmm. to feel safe. Number two, just know that you don't have to do it alone. Yes. Yeah. You know, because if I if we try to do this alone, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Exactly. You know, we really get to do this together because we get to relate and we get to be like, hey, you know what? I've been there and this is this is what helped me or this is how I can help you and just find your safe space. There's so many people. Natasha's an incredible person. Uh, that you know how we met was because she literally was like, Hey, I see you, you don't have to like be crying oh. all day <laughs> on, your, on your own <laughs> that was a that was on a full moon that beautiful full moon night in india exactly nice. exactly so nice. allow yourself to find a safe space and just know that you don't have to do it alone and the more that you do that the more and more that you'll just be remem- reminded of your of your worth exactly thank you that was really beautiful thank you so much mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Paula, for, for being here, sharing your wisdom with us. 
sharing just your radiance. I know that to all of you listeners, you cannot see her right now. So we're wondering, Paula, where <laughs> can they find you? Yes, um, you can find me. You can find me on social media platforms under Paola, P-A-O-L-A, Ucello, U-C-E-L-O. On Instagram, Paola Ucello underscore Facebook, Paola Ucello. Um, and those are the two best ways to, to reach me, to find me. Um, I share all kinds of mindful stuff, all kinds of authenticity, realness, vulnerability, yeah. dances, laughs, all yes. kinds of things that we get <laughs> to connect through. Yes, you should definitely follow her. She's super authentic and fun. Like if you watch her stories, it's just like a dose of positivity <laughs> for your day. Oh, yeah. So Thank it's super you. nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I will also leave these links under the podcast in the description for you guys to find. So, all right, that is all for today. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Love you. Love you too. Love you guys too, our resilient listeners. Yes. (laughs) All right, my beautiful resilient listeners. I hope you have found some kind of valuable lesson from this. I always like to know what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Email me at hello at wellnesswithaku.com. That's A-K-K-U. Along with any questions that you might have. And I will make sure to get your question answered in one of the episodes. Thank you so much for listening to the Resilient Chat with Nat. Be sure to subscribe to listen to more uplifting conversations and teachings. Take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at N-A-T-H-A-S-Y-A-O-M so I know that you are listening, learning, and growing. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast to be found by people who are on their healing or personal growth journey. So guys, I will talk to you next time and I cannot wait to share more with you all. I am sending you so much love.